Welcome, everybody, back to Who's Your Band. Uh, listen, everybody, we are now on uh, Podster, Podster Entertainment. We switched from uh, Be Terrific to Podster. So people are listening, if you could resubscribe on our channels, on wherever you're listening to podcasts, we'd really appreciate that. But uh, without further ado, let me introduce my co-host, as always, Mr. Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? My cup says it all to you, buddy. Hmm, hmm. Fuck off high. Okay. Yeah, there you nice. go. Really Christmas spirit. All right. We're not going to waste time with you. We got, we got two terrific guests yes, here. Today. Exactly. Let's introduce them. We have from TV, from movies, as you said before, rock and roll legend, Mr. Bobby Rydell. How are you, Bobby? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. I'm watching the birds right now, the Philadelphia Eagles. They got the ball, and I think they just got a first down. And now we got uh, Jalen Hurts in there. So, uh, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. Now, nobody but Giant and, fans listen to this show. So, just so you know. Yeah, the and, Giants uh, flew to Coop today. <laughs> yes, they did. But we also have another guest with us from Gas Digital, Mr. Ralph Sutton. How are you, Ralph? Thank I'm you good. for joining how us. Are you, how are you guys? Thanks for having me. Oh, what, what great pipes on this guy. Jesus Christ. Hmm. Bobby, by the way, it's an honor to meet you, sir. Big fan. My family is a big fan. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, we, we have two unique things in common. What is that, Ralph? Um, you were in Bye Bye Birdie. Correct. I was in Bye Bye Birdie in my sixth grade play. So there's that. <laughs> um, were you Hugo Peabody? Uh, you know what's so weird is that um, so they call, the, the, the main guy was Conrad. Am I right? I mean, it's been a long Conrad time. Uh, yeah. Uh, Conrad Birdie. You know, it was supposed to be like an Elvis Presley, and they right. called him Conrad Birdie. Yeah. And I have, I have a twin brother. We look nothing alike, but um, they couldn't decide, and we couldn't decide who was going to be Birdie, so they called it the Birdies, and my brother and I were both the lead singer. So we both played <laughs> Conrad Birdie. And then oh, so also, this was in high, a high school play. Sixth grade, I was sixth grade. It was oh, not okay. A, yeah. <laughs> cool. And then, um, you know, you were uh, the the in the movie Grease. They named Rydell High after you. I, I wasn't in the movie. I know, but you uh, were, you my, were, dear, you my were, dear friend, my dear friend Frankie Avalon. Right, but you're, the, the name Rydell High was named after you. That's oh, why they yeah, called it Rydell well, High. You know, I, I you know, truthfully, Ralph, I don't know. I'm pretty you know, sure that it could have been Presley that, High, true. Anka High, Fabian mm -hmm. High, Everly High. And they but it was right L high, so it was yeah, named after you. Yeah, and then yeah. I actually have seen Greece, so there's that. You know, so we're. Ralph, I'm gonna see that. It really is such an honor. Oh, the Eagles are on the four yard line, going in for a score. Second down on the four. They're going to score, Bobby. Me and well, you. Well, we don't know. Me and you also have something in common. What's that? I'm getting this out of the way early, Sean. You were in the movie The Comedian with uh, Robert De Niro. Yeah, I was on the screen for about a half a second. Okay. Well, I, I was in the movie uh, The Irishman with Robert De Niro. Oh, really? Yeah, so we, 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 we have that. So I, I, just, I just had to kind of one-up Ralph there. Who, who had sorry, more Ralph. screen time? Did you oh, or Bobby? Who oh, had more screen time? I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I couple of <laughs> yeah, what you got to do, Ralph, if you want to see Jeff in The Irishman, fast forward to the seven hour and 14 minute mark, and that's what he makes me do. Oh, God. All right, so, so we're, we're off to Wait a, a minute, great there's spot. a flag. I don't know. There's a flag. I don't know who it's on. The Orleans or the Eagles. I don't know. What, what are we doing here? Is. 
<laughs> Bobby, you <laughs> I this is your ship captain. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you, man. Holding, oh, holding on the up, uh, the defense. This makes holding. this makes for great radio. Okay, it really, it really does. Oh, this is want to hear this type of play-by-play -play going on. <laughs> I'm sorry, no, guys. I'm such no, a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I've been no, a no, man, I get it. older it's... since 1963. No, nobody's perfect, Bobby. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> well, Bobby, you know what I want thank to you ask you? you? You, As a kid, you grew up in Philadelphia, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. How did you get your start in show business, and what age did, did this all come about? My dad. Uh, if I had any talent within me whatsoever, my dad saw it at a very early age used to take me around the nightclubs when I was seven, eight years old, ask the club owner, can my son get up and sing a couple of songs and do some impersonations? So basically, at a very early age, that became like my vaudeville. And it kind of got me ready for things that were going to happen later on in my career, you know? And yeah. it was all because of my dad, God rest his soul. That, 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 yeah. that was really cool. Now, Ralph, you said you're 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 a fan of Bobby. So um, the first hit was "Kissing Time." You know the song Correct. "Kissing Time." I remember the cover. Was it a Volari? Am I right with that? That was a big Vol one. His right. version, yeah, Bobby, your version of Volari and Sway are the two big covers that you did that I think are just off the charts. I mean, Dean Martin. Well, I don't you know. know. I, uh, excuse me, Jeff. I don't know if they were covers. You know, uh, the first guy who wrote and recorded. Uh, was Domenico Madugno. And then Dean Martin recorded the song, and then I recorded the song. Yeah, back then that not was that very they, common. There would they be were, a song, they, they and everybody covers. would do it. Yeah, the covers the yeah, wrong they, term. They weren't, they weren't covers. I, I just happened to be in, uh, we were in New York City at RCA Recording Studios, and I recorded three songs there. We were supposed to put them out on an album, and the three songs were Volati, Sway, and Old Black Magic. And I was just coming off a song called Swing in School. And we needed a song. And Bernie Lowe, who was the owner of Cameo, uh, which later became Cameo Parkway, he went back and he listened to the tapes that we did RCA. He listened to Volati. And he put the three girls who were always associated with me with the whoa, whoa, yeah, yeah, Bobby, oh. And we released it. And that became my second million seller. Wow. Why, yeah. How old were you when you recorded Sway? Eagles just scored. We need old birds. Okay, <laughs> now it's uh, now with the extra point, it will be 24-14 with wow. 6.22 left in the game. This is going to hold up so well when this podcast comes out. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and by the way, we do nothing in post. Mm. Yeah. So. <laughs> this will be out tomorrow, so it'll still be fresh. <laughs> we had some graphics and everything. <laughs> How old it's were the, you? It's you... the end of it's the end of uh, Wentz. Sure, sure. remember, it's, the, it's, remember the Ron over. Bloomberg it's episode. Done. He's over. <laughs> this is the Ron Bloomberg episode. But they got to pay him thirty-four million next year. Get him the hell out of there. I, I was lucky enough, Bobby, to grow up with a, a parent who uh, greatly appreciated that whole fifties and sixties era. Uh, being somebody who started in that era, what was it like to see the progression from like the you know the late fifties, early sixties, which is really a, kind of a happy era in music? Absolutely, it was very yeah. fun. It was very safe. Absolutely, Sean. Yeah, and it still holds up a lot. What was the progression like? Seeing like when the Beatles came through, 
and then you see in like sort of like the changeover in the way music was taking. Uh, a funny story about that. Back in 1963, I was in uh, the UK, and that's where I recorded Forget Him. And that was uh, the latter part of 63. I recorded Forget Him for Pi Records. And there was a girl by the name of Helen Shapiro, who was a very, very fine singer from the UK. And we were doing a tour uh, throughout the UK. And it was about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. We were on a bus, and there was a car in, uh, in front of us. And Helen Shapiro said, they're the Beatles. Well, this is 1963. You know, I'm looking around the bus for cockroaches. I don't know who to get them. And they all came on the bus. They knew me, you know, and I figured, well, there were four nice guys. They're gigging. They're going to do a club date somewhere, yada, yada, yada. And then, what, 64, I'm home. I'm watching Ed Sullivan. And he says, ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. I said, I met those guys. <laughs> yeah, but and now, you their, and now you can buy their CDs at a, at a gas station anywhere. Uh, <laughs> Bobby, yeah. you know what I had heard? I heard that. Yeah, I heard that Paul McCartney said that he uh, he was inspired to write um, "She Loves You" by hearing one of your songs. Do you know which song it was? He was referring. You know to? what? There, there's so many uh, uh, questions going about that. Uh, they're saying well, we're swinging school. Yeah, 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 go swing in school. Ba, da, da. But then I think McCartney said they wrote like a song that kind of like, uh, how am I going to say this? Forget him if he doesn't love you, forget him. And then they wrote, she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like a song that went, you know, back and forth from forget him. He doesn't love you to she loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it was forget him or swing in school. Now I your first know. hit, your first big hit was kissing time. Correct. And okay. Now when I heard that song, I think the first thing that kind of came to mind to me was it had a very buddy Holly and the crickets type of sound. Really? You think so? Yeah, I do. Because uh, I want to know if you were influenced by Buddy Holly. Because then I think one of the next big hits you wound up having was um, We Got Love, which is which is a very, very different sound altogether. And then when you combine something like, um, uh, what's that song you had? Uh, the Wild One, your biggest hit. That okay. was my first million seller, yeah, 1960. Yeah. To me, that song reminds me of the Bob Gordio song, uh, Short Shorts. So yeah, you, you have she a lot of different- wears short shorts. Yeah. Ba -da -ba -da -da. I still, yeah, that, that, very that. often, by the way, I still wear short shorts, given the right time. <laughs> I was actually hoping that you were going to be donning them tonight, Ralph. Ralph, you're wearing you know, them right uh, now. Too cold out. Uh, uh, if, you, if you guys remember the Dick Clark Saturday Night Show, Beach Nut Spearmint Gum, Jeff's on every Jeff, Saturday Jeff's the night. Person on the show. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yes, I, I did comedy uh, on that show. I, let me. I, I did the show, and I did. We got love uh, on the Clark show, and coming back uh, to Philadelphia uh, via the Jersey Turnpike, Dave Apple, who was my arranger for Cameo, and Cal Mann and Bernie Lowe, uh basically wrote all of the songs. They wrote all the lyrics. So we're in the backseat of a limo and uh, Dave Apple had a pipe in his mouth and his guitar. 
And he's saying, when we get back home, Bobby, he says, this is a song we're going to record. And he started. Now, th- now right now, th- that, that riff right there, that doesn't remind you a little bit of short shorts? She wears short shorts. You know, you got a good point there. I, yeah. I always felt unimproved because yeah. it's just she wears. Yeah. There was never any he wears, and that really upset me. <laughs> that was an alternative version. <laughs> back, back in the back in the West Village days, in the in the late sixties, early seventies, there was that version. Yeah, I hope so. Can I ask a question <laughs> yes. to Bobby? I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Ralph. I think it was uh, was two years ago that movie Green Book. They that somebody portrayed you in the beginning of the movie. Correct. That movie won yes. an Oscar. How did you feel about that portrayal? Uh, you know, I met uh, his name is Vaughn Lewis. Uh, a really sweetheart of a guy, and uh, Tony Lip, uh, he was one of the bouncers at the Copacabana, and I worked the Copacabana. I was the youngest guy to ever work the Copa. I was 19 years old, and I met the guy in Atlantic City. We were doing a show at one of the uh, casinos there, and he's really a sweetheart, and I wished him all the best, you know, all the luck in the world. And if you remember when the movie opened, Guys are walking into the Copacabana and they're saying, uh, uh, Bobby Rydell, I knew him. He was a kid in South Philadelphia and nobody knew him. And then his friend says, well, everybody knows him now. And then they go to Von Lewis doing Old Black Magic, which was a record for me back in 60, 61, you know. And he's a sweetheart of a guy, really a nice guy and a pretty decent, decent singer as well. It just also it's a great movie. So I wonder if yeah. when that movie came out, because it did, I think it won something, right? And won the uh, Oscar. I think so. it won the Academy Award. For I think it won you that see, when that happens, do you see an uptick in your sales? Because of like people my age or younger that may have not thought about you in a while or people in their 20s or 30s that may not even know you, they uh, see that portrayal and they're like, let me go look that guy up. Do uh-huh. you see an uptick? Uh, not re- not really, not really, Ralph. Uh, what I do now in my shows, uh, uh, we we play a film clip of of the Green Book, right? And as they're playing the film clip, when uh, Von Lewis starts singing "Old Black Magic," you know, and they're playing the film clip, and my the orchestra behind me is playing the riff. Bop, and then the thing goes out and i said ladies and gentlemen i'm you know i'm sure you know that film won the academy award for best picture of the year movie called green book a gentleman by the name of von lewis played me bobby randell at the copacabana if i may i'd like to sing that song for you now and the band is still vamping over what i'm talking about and then we just go into that old a black magic has but uh i i wouldn't say that you know more or less you know for the career uh i don't mean for but, the career you know it's, it's interesting because like i mean you're probably not super into spotify and checking your streams but i know that for certain bands that i've interviewed on my show when there's a big moment in a movie or a tv show that goes to the level that green book did they uh-huh. see their streams go up because the younger people will say, oh, let me go check out who that guy is or what the story is behind that that song. I, yeah, you know what? That's a good question. I really don't know, Ralph, you know. Thank you. 
Uh, That's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't answer that. You know, uh, let's face it. That movie came out, what, a couple of years ago? I think two years. I think 2017, 2018. Yeah. So, uh, Such a great movie. By the way, anyone's never seen oh, that movie, go see that movie. Absolutely. It's a great movie. And Tony Lip and I, uh, we were dear friends. We, he was the bouncer at the Copacabana. You know, I, have, I, have one, I have one more question, and I'm sorry. To, <laughs> I don't mean to hijack the show, no, guys, no, but no, I feel like ahead. it's a... Uh, no, so, please. I mean, you were the guy. I mean, 60s, you, you're the man. Million, million singles, you know, million records sold multiple times over. Are there any super famous starlets that were in your romantic past that you can talk about? Uh, there was, uh, let me like see. Like Lola Falana or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> Why Lola Falana? I don't know, it's the first thing that came to mind. What did I tell There was one girl that I did a layout with, you know, when they, you know, uh, like for a motion picture, 16 magazine, yada, yada, yada. And we had a thing going before I was married to my first wife, Camille, God rest her soul, and her name was Barbara Parkins. And she was a, she was a dynamite-looking girl. I, uh, I forget the show she was on. Uh, you guys probably remember. Oh, God. Oh, what, what was that show? It, it, it was a, a television series. Barbara Parkins was her name. She was in the uh, Leave It to Beaver and the Untouchables. I just Googled it. No, 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 not Leave It to Beaver, not the Untouchables. It says it right here. She guest starred on Leave It to Beaver, the Untouchables, Perry Mason. No, no, no. There was a big hit series, uh, Valley of the Dolls. Valley Valley of the Dolls. Dolls. Valley of the Dolls. She was on that, in that. Yeah, Barbara Parkins. She was gorgeous. I'm looking at her picture right now. Good job, She was definitely a looker. She was definitely a looker. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for using the proper terminology of the era, Sean. Yes, uh, later of, pictures, not so much, Bobby. You got apparently out when you got out at the time. She was well, also I'm known sorry, as, as the bee's knees. Yes. <laughs> Spe- speaking of lookers, though, Bobby, you were also in um, uh, Bye Bye Birdie, and you right. worked with uh, Anne Margaret. Margaret. Yeah, and Dick Van Dyke. How was that? And to this day, let, let's you know, let's face it, guys. I did that movie back in 1963. I was 21. Wow. And Anne Margaret was 22. And to this day. We are still the best friends. Wow. I call her. She calls me. How really? you doing? She calls me. How you doing, Mr. Ritterelli? Which is my real name. Mm-hmm. Right? How you doing, Mr. Ritterelli? And I say, how you doing, Kim? And the last time we spoke was when uh, Roger Smith passed away. And they were married for 50 years. And Roger Smith was 77, Sunset Strip, you know. And I gave her my condolences and... And I said, oh, my God, Bobby, thank you ever so much. But you remember how sick he was. And I said, I certainly do. Ed. But we've been friends since 1963. That's quite a few years ago. It's 17 years now. <laughs> how, did you, how did you get Bye Bye Birdie, by the way? Matter of fact, uh, I went out and I screen tested. I screen tested with Anne for the director, George who, Sidney. Who else was up for that? I but I... I think Bobby Vitton was up for the role. Mm. I'm not quite sure, but I think he was up for the role. Anyway, Ann and I screen tested for George Sidney. We read a couple of lines from the script, so on and so forth. And then you just talk into the camera to see what kind of personality you have, how you come across on screen. 
And then Anne sang, you know, one boy, one special boy. And I sang one girl, one special girl. And George Sidney said, okay, thank you ever so much. We'll be in touch. I went back home to Philadelphia. And my manager at that time was a man by the name of Frankie Day. And he said, you landed the part of Hugo Peabody in the movie by, by Birdie. Wow. You know, I'm, you know, I'm not a movie star. I've never been a movie star. But if there's one picture to be associated with, which is a classic, such as Greece, is Bye Bye Birdie. Or the Irishman. Or the Irishman. <laughs> One of these guys. Here's, some, here's something. So Frankie Valley has this great career. They make a uh, make a musical, which is one of the big, biggest musicals of all time with Jersey Boys. But uh, now he's also selling lemon cello cake on QVC. So what would you sell? What would, yes. Doing it? Yes. What would you sell on QVC if they approached you? Uh, let me see. If I was on QVC, I would uh, Scottle and Beans. Scottle and Beans. Very good. Nice <laughs> Italian boy. Nice <laughs> Italian boy, right there. You're I don't right. know what that. What yeah. is that? What is that first word? I don't know what that is. It's I'm an Italian it's slang it's for uh, escarole. Oh, yeah, escarole. Uh, well, okay. yeah, right. You know, everybody says escarole, yes, but if you're Italian, you call it scarole, not That's escarole. That's gotcha. like in some people say calamari. It's not calamari. It's calamad. Calamad. <laughs> sure. You say it so violently, Bobby. You scared me a little bit. Oh, excuse me. Really no, did. Sorry. I didn't mean to hurt anybody. You know. <laughs> oh, I'm, keep a, in touch with I'm, a, I'm a delicate Jew. That's what it is. It scares me a little bit. <laughs> so, Ralph, let's let's talk about you for a second here. So, uh, Gas Digital, uh, in my opinion, the best uh, uh, format for independent comedy radio right now. But uh, you also uh, had a very successful syndicated show in the tour bus. Why don't you uh, tell us how you got started into radio? Sure, I'll make it as quick as possible. I was a strip club DJ, and I knew that I always wanted to do which, radio. Which strip club were you in? I mean, I was at all of them, Pure Platinum and, and Lace and uh, Scores. I was at all of them. But at the time, I was at a Lace in New Jersey, and the new day, daytime guy was a radio DJ. So I told him, I'll teach you strip club DJing, you get me an audition at the radio station. And it happened. I got a job at the radio station um, doing midnight to six in the morning. And then I pitched the idea of a, of a show, which was playing 80s rock because I'm a child of 80s. And okay. At the time, in the, in the late 90s, nobody was playing, you know, Guns N' Roses or ACDC or Kiss right, on the radio. Right, right. It wasn't done. Yeah. So I pitched the idea two months into doing radio. And they said, okay. So within a year of never doing radio, which I started in um, September of 98. In January of 99, I had my own show on the channel in WD, WNNJ in Sussex, New Jersey. Six months later, I moved it to the number one station in New Jersey, WDHA. And then three months after that, I got a syndication deal and eventually got the show to about 100 stations across the country from Maine out to Hawaii and did that for 15 years uh, of rock radio. Wow, from Maine to Hawaii. Yeah, it was all over the country. We had a half a million wow. listeners every weekend. And um, I got to interview every band I've ever loved, be it of that era, you know, of that 80s rock era, Kiss, Guns N' Roses, you, Aerosmith, you love rock? all that. I mean, I, I love, there's only two kinds of music, good and bad. And I can find <laughs> music I like in every genre. I don't play favorites, but I made a living in rock for 16 years, 17 years. Who are, you, who are some of your favorites? I'm not uh -huh. a superlatives guy, but if I had to pick... There's a band none of you are going to probably know. Well, Sean might know them, but uh, 
is a band called Queensryche that I loved very what much. Are you crazy? Of course we know Queensryche. Uh, okay. Jeff Queensryche was one of, yeah, one of my favorites. Know you know? I love, yeah, they're amazing. Take yeah. Cold of the Flame. Well, I didn't think you oh, would, no. Bobby, but they, they're a later, <laughs> I don't know those guys. They're a later <laughs> band. But I mean, I, I grew up loving everything. You know, like I... I'm excited to watch the Bee Gees documentary today. It I, just came out. Absolutely, just watched absolutely it. Wonderful. I just watched it before the show. Yeah, yeah absolutely tell you, it was one of the wonderful. best documentaries I've seen. In yeah, I can't absolutely. wait. I mean, I, I totally agree, yeah. Sean. I love all kinds of music, you know, and also like my 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 phone will have so I'm playing like random music on my phone. It'll go from you know Barbara Streisand to Slayer. Like I'll listen to anything. Like I just love yeah. music, and I'm always looking for any sort of musician, singer, rapper, whatever that I get inspired by. And it can be in any genre. I never know what, what's going to speak to me. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. But I, I did totally that for agree. 15, 16 years that that was my job. I was independently owned. I never sold to any of the bigger networks that offered us because I wanted to program the music on my own. I wanted to interview who I wanted to interview and play what I wanted to play. But six years ago, it became obvious that radio was dying. So I started my podcast. Yeah. You could kind of see the logo right here. SDR. And the okay. show blew up, and then I started the network four years ago, and now we get right. about I don't know five million listeners a week uh, on wonderful. the network. It's pretty crazy. Oh, That's amazing. Yeah, right, I, I reached out to a, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Ralph. Uh, you know, he was uh, one of our first guests on the show, Scott Lynch, and Scott mm -hmm. worked with you on the tour bus for a very, very long time. Scott's one yeah. of my best friends, and I said. Um, going to be interviewing Ralph today. And uh, can you give me some embarrassing stories? And he goes, yeah, give me a few minutes. I'll get back to you. And that was at two o'clock. Oh, uh, so since he dropped the ball on that, why don't you give me a really horrific Scott story? A Scott story? Yeah, sure. So Scotty, for a couple of things about Scotty, um, he is a quintessential Irish guy, right? Where yes. he drinks and does all the things that Irish people are supposed to do, drink Guinness and get angry and all that stuff. And every week on, S on, on tour bus, a new guest would come into the studio, whether it would be someone from a big band like Kiss or ACDC or Lemmy from, from Motor, any one of these guys or new bands, whatever. The same thing would happen every week. Scotty, because I'd be on air, Scotty would go out to, in, to go meet them and get them into the green room and get them set up. And then he would come in and say to me, what a fucking asshole. Like he immediately <laughs> didn't get along with the person. And then eventually they would be nice people. But just Scotty had like this inner anger to immediately not like people for whatever reason, right? And oh, we wait, I'll, I'm sorry, Ralph, but to let you know now, it's 2421 birds with uh, uh, the Saints just scored a touchdown. All it looks like it's going to be an onside kick right now. I will tell you looks this: like I know be an absolutely kick. nothing about football. <laughs> it means Let's nothing see, to me. It's an onside <laughs> kick. Crazy. So we were in South Dakota, I and know. I was hosting. I, I it looks like the Saints. <laughs> it looks like the Saints recovered the ball. Thank God. Oh no! Is oh, that a good thing? Thank God. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just taking wait a, a shot. I, wait, wait, I mean, wait, I mean, God damn it! Is that better? There's a lot yeah. of people around on the ball. We don't know who's got it. Uh, uh, let's see what the referee says. By the way, it sounds like last night in my bedroom. A lot of people around the balls. I didn't know who had them, but it eventually worked itself out. <laughs> So speaking um, of Scott, so speaking of Scott, come Scotty, on, ref, come on, ref, give me a sign for crying out loud. We were hosting the uh, Sturgis Rally, which is a big motorcycle rally out in uh, South Dakota. South Dakota, right? And I tell my staff the same thing every time. Look, when you're here, when you go do things with me, be it Shiprock or, or Sturgis or, or M3, whatever I was hosting over the years, you're representing the show first and foremost. So make sure you understand that because it'll f reflect on me if you do something bad. You follow that? 
Sure. So yeah. we're hosting uh, the Sturgis rally. He was drinking whiskey and partying it up a little too much. And on the way back, the radio van that picked us up out there, he has his head out the window, puking along the highway the entire ride home. That's Scotty. I appreciate that so much because I will be calling him and bashing him at 802 with this. Yeah, please do because uh, it was an I'm embarrassing still moment. To see who's got the ball over here? <laughs> so you know, you were talking about upticks with uh, Spotify with Bobby before. One thing mm-hmm. I noticed too was the great interview that you have with Sebastian Bach uh, a couple of months ago, <laughs> which uh, made headlines because everywhere, of, uh, Jesus, everywhere Christ, because of your uh, your co-host, which is another fellow comic, Jay Ogerson. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell uh, tell our listeners a little bit about that? So I will I will cut it down again and I'll I'll cliff note it for everybody. Um, Sebastian Bach was talking about his, uh, which by the way, Bobby, I could ask you this. I asked him about he is fifty uh, something, uh, the singer Sebastian Bach, who still has a phenomenal voice, and I asked him about what he does nowadays to to keep his voice sounding great. What type uh-huh. of uh, warm ups? And he said every day, whether he's singing performing or not right. he warms up he treats it like any other muscle it is an instrument that needs to be Correct. tuned so he warms up every day right i don't uh, know if you absolutely. do that do you, do you do that as well even if you're not performing oh absolutely you know every time i'm in the shower uh years ago there was a guy in new york city he was my vocal coach his name was marty lawrence and i called him the professor and we used to do you know like scales but we would do scales like Andi Felice, Andi Felice. So when I'm in the shower, you know, uh, whether I'm working now, of course, I'm not working now. But, you know, when, when I take a shower, I vocalize in the shower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Are you saying this because you want us all to picture you naked? Well, whatever blows your mind, you know, I don't, <laughs> you know, whatever blows your skirt up, you know. Sebastian went on to talk about that. The only singer he knows that doesn't warm up his voice is Rob Halford, who's a singer of Judas Priest and is known for the last 30 years to be a gay man. And Jay made a joke saying, well, maybe it's something gay that he does to warm up his voice. And he just didn't want to tell you. That. Well, you know, it, it just it's a funny story. You know, I do a show called The Golden Boys. Okay. That's with my two dear friends, Frankie Avalon and Fabian. We've been wow, doing it great. since 1985. And we were all born and raised in South Philadelphia. We're all Italian. And, uh, like, uh, we'd be, you know, backstage. And I hear Frank going, ah, ah, ah. And I do something like, ah, And we hear Fabian going, grunt. And that's his vocal. Yeah, that's what he does. That's his warm-up. The word grunt or he actually grunts? No, that's what he does. You know, it's that, that's how he sings, Fade. Grunt. Let me ask you this question, Bobby. The fact, <laughs> I that I, the fact that I can't sing at all, is there anything I could do to make myself sound somewhat uh, passable? Uh, uh, let's see. Sing in the shower. Uh... <laughs> I don't, what the hell kind of question is that? I don't, <laughs> can you make yourself a better singer? Yeah, that's the idea. Well, I'm do you singer. sing? First no, of I all? do not. I've always oh, wanted well, to forget sing. about it. Yeah, I'm too old now. 
Well, then what the hell do you ask me that question? Well, for? you are a legendary <laughs> singer. Maybe you yeah, know. Yeah, because I'm a singer and you're not. <laughs> That's true. It's very true. <laughs> well, the, acoust- the acoustics in the shower always do make your voice sound a lot better because I sang for a very, very long this time. This is very true. I yeah, sang for a long time and I was a very horrible singer. I, I freely admit that. But, but you always sounded good in the shower, right? But I sound Right now, let me tell you something. I would definitely top the uh, country top 40 uh, <laughs> if I had the right producers behind me at this moment. But, Is it weird uh, that when Bobby yells at me a little bit, I get nervous because of his uh, tough guy persona? I just it is no, I'm not a tough guy. I'm not a tough guy. No, listen, if you're, if you're like, how, now how old are you, Bobby? I'm 78. 78-year-old wow. Italian guy, born and raised in Philadelphia. Look, we're Correct. not going to say anything. but He's seen some shit. He's, he's killed some somebody. Shit. He's definitely killed somebody in his lifetime. <laughs> or he definitely killed somebody no, adjacent. Let me, t- let me tell you something, guys. When I was born and raised in South Philadelphia, and None of the guys around the neighborhood, we never had gangs, we never had anybody like this, right? If you fought, nobody had a knife, nobody had a gun. You fought with your fist, and whoever won the fight, whether you won or you lost, after the fight, you shook hands and you became the best of friends. None wow. of the bullshit that's happening today. Maybe that's our. Maybe that's what we're missing, Jeff. Maybe I should just beat the shit out of you, and then we'll start being. We're going to shake hands, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll be the best of friends. You know what's funny? I am six. Absolutely. I am six five. I'm a big guy. Six five, two sixty, big guy. So I don't want to meet you in an alley. In my whole life, I've never been in a fight, and I've never had. I've never knocked and said no to a fight. Like someone, two or three times in my life, someone decided to come up to me and they wanted to start a fight with me for whatever reason, right? But I acted like I wanted to fight, even though inside I was crying. I acted like I was really ready to fight. And they see a six foot six guy, big guy, not sure. scared to fight every single time they back down. But inside, there I thought, go. I'm going to cry. I'm going to lose this fight if it goes past. I, underst- I understand that, Ralph, because, you know, I'm not as big as you. I'm six, three, about three forty. So I'm a little huskier than you. Mm-hmm. But oh, my God. Freshman, but in freshman year, I'm only five, ten, 168. Well, that's good. That's not See, bad. The thing though. is, he, he's in the best shape out of all of us. That's yeah. very true. Very <laughs> true. In a freshman year of summer school, uh, my friend was doing <laughs> tobacco bandits, you know, those little skull bandits. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a great idea when he walked away to open up his tin and take four of those little bandits and put it in his iced tea and swirl it around. <laughs> so when he came back, he would take a nice swig yeah. and everybody would have a good laugh. Uh, he took you. a nice swig and he also decided to punch me in the head. Uh, I still feel that, and that was the first time I took a punch, and the last time I took a punch because I've never taken I, one. That is when I realized that I should be able to talk my way out of anything. You know, and what, I've you been know doing what, that for the last thirty-one years. <laughs> you know what, Sean? When, when I went to high school, I went to a high school called Bishop Newman High School uh, in uh, Philadelphia, South Philly, and you know we were going through orientation, and we had an Italian priest, and he said, "Anybody going out for a sports?" And I raised my hand. He said, what's your name, son? I said, Ritterelli, father. He said, what are you going out for? I said, swimming. Okay, so now the bell rings and we're going into study hall. And from the back of the study hall, I hear a guy goes, uh, he say, there goes Johnny Weissmuller. <laughs> and a friend, he befriended me. It was, his name was Anthony Pareka. And he said, Tell me you could beat him any time. I, I, I said, I'll beat your ass any time. So now the bell rings, and this kid, his name was Freddie Fantasy. 
He was from Ethan Christian in, in South Philadelphia, which was a really tough neighborhood. And the guy says to me, I'll meet you outside. I said, okay, I'll be there. So Pareka says, you going to fight him? I said, he asked me outside. When lose a draw, I got to fight him. He said, he's crazy. I said, he's crazy? He said, yeah, he's nuts. Oh, he's crazy and he's nuts. <laughs> he said, he carries zip guns and lead pipes in his school bag. Well, when the next bell rang, I became very friendly with Freddie Fantasi. <laughs> you know, you want to fight, that's one thing. Uh, don't hit me uh, over the head with a lead pipe and a zip gun, you know. <laughs> Jesus Christ, i so a great way. To, I'll tell you what a great way to grow up in South Philly. What a <laughs> great way. Philadelphia is still one of my favorite cities on the planet. I will tell you, you can go good to good city. Uh, good my city. co-host Big J is from Philly, so I yes, mean, he's, he is. He's, a, yeah, he's a big Philly guy. Go Bobby, to, uh, can I ask you another question? Is I I looked while we were talking on your Wikipedia page, and it seems like the last time you recorded an album, unless it's wrong was in the 70s. Is that wrong? A new album was you know in the what? 70s. Uh, that's a good question, Ralph. I, wow. It, it could have been. I'm not quite sure. I, I think the last... It was, an, uh, it was a label called Pickwick. And I recorded... Uh, we did Sway, but we did a disco version of Sway and a disco version of Wild One. But that was like uh, it had to be the seventies if it was a disco version because that was uh, when disco was big. Yeah, yeah, I believe. Yeah, matter of fact, yeah, it was early seventies, like seventy, seventy-one. And matter of fact, they were, you know, nothing ever happened with them, but uh, they, they were good disco versions of both Wild One and Sway. You know, when I do Sway, it's like boom, the disco version was bong, 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 You know, when your lips are rhythm bad. It was, it was really a great version of, of Sway. But don't you think that, you know, one thing I can say, though, if you haven't really recorded anything in the last 35, 40 years, and you're still going right. out and performing, and Correct. you're still having, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that are coming out to see you, it does show the longevity of the era of your music that you performed in. Yeah, well, let, let's face it, Sean, it's uh, 60 years now, you know, yes. since 1959, my God. Why would you, know? you not release at least, like, live versions of your album, of your performances and stuff, or do you, of, like, new performances so that people that are still coming to see you could see a modern version of what you're doing? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah like doing a video of my yeah. show? You know, yeah. I never really thought about that, but that's a damn good idea. Because we'll take 10% not, for that. Just Ralph, so. have you ever been an agent for <laughs> anybody know, before? <laughs> not only, you know, when I do my show, you know, just by myself, not with Frankie and Fave, when I'm a single, the headliner, of course I do all of my hits, but I, I do a lot of uh, songs from the American Songbook mm -hmm. because I've been a Sinatra fan ever since I was 10 years old. And we'll do songs like I've Got You Under My Skin, I've Got the World on a String. Uh, I, do, I do a whole medley of Sinatra songs from Only the Lonely, which I think was one of the best ballad albums that Mr. Sinatra ever recorded. And we do, you know, uh, Angel Eyes, What's New, one for the road, you know, it's quarter to three. There's no one in the place. Yada, yada, yada. And uh, I, 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 but I never really uh, videotaped any of my shows. Well, I but think you should, idea, sir. You know, yeah. And also, let me ask you this, because there's been at least in the last two decades or so, some 
croonery kind of modernized singers that are in the right. steps of a Sinatra or whatever. Right. Do you ever seek out these people and see what they sound like, you, like a Harry Connick or whoever? I'll tell you what, Ralph. There's one guy that I would really like to do maybe just one song with. And uh, his name is Michael Blue Blay. Great, then. I adore great. Michael Blue Blay. And the song that introduced him to the public was Sway. Right, right. Yeah, I remember that, that was yeah. his first song. And I would just like to do his version and my version. You know, How cool would that together. be? A duet of you two? That would, would be cool. I would absolutely, because I adore Michael Blue Blay. I think he's such a fine singer. When you Fine. said there was just one person you'd really like to duet with, for a brief second, I thought you were going to say me, but I was wrong. <laughs> oh, well, let's do it, Ralph. No, I was hoping it was Tom Araya, but that's just me personally. <laughs> um, Ralph, one thing I want to mention, too, is, uh, you know, we've been Facebook friends for a while. You're an amazing chef on top Thank of you. also having the golden voice. Let's talk a little bit about your book that has just come out. Oh, where is it? Hold on a second. Let me grab it. I have it already here. It's the 100% Guaranteed Guide to Weight Loss and Fitness. That's it right here. 100% Guaranteed Guide, guide to Weight, to loss, weight and loss and Fitness. Guaranteed to work, you, everybody. It is an amazing, uh, it's an amazing piece of literature. Uh, me personally, since I was the age of 12 or 13, I've been able to read somewhere between six to 700 words a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, I pride myself on that, being able to read a book, you know, usually within <laughs> a couple hours or so. Uh, Impressive. This one took me a long time to get through, Ralph. Really? It did. It took me a long <laughs> time to get through. Um, what was your inspiration for writing this book? Uh, well, the truth is I lost about 50 pounds over the over COVID during this time. Uh, ah. I gained a lot of weight after my father passed away a few years ago. I got depressed and ballooned up to almost 300 pounds, wow. 296. And now I'm about ah. 250. Um, and, uh, you know, you. getting close to back to where I want to be. And I, on my other podcast, I do two shows. SDR is on twice a week. The other one, which is a health and wellness show is on once a week that I do with this guy from, uh, a big company here in New York called juice press. And we, uh, would bring on a lot of health and wellness experts. And I culled all of their knowledge together and decided to put out a book that really guaranteed you will lose weight and get in shape. And I'm going to show it to everybody. That's do they you've streamed this on YouTube or something or yes. we, we do yes. this on YouTube. Okay. We're on all formats. So it is called the 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 100% guaranteed guide to weight loss and fitness. Uh chapter 1 is eat less. Chapter 2 is work out more and the rest of the book is blank. And I guarantee you <laughs> it will work for you. 100% guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> it is it a brilliant book. It is available yes. on Amazon. It's available at Barnes and Noble, uh, hard copy only. And I guarantee you, I was thinking about putting out an audio book that was going to be three hours long and only had two seconds of me saying those two words, those four words, and then the rest of it would be blank audio. But I don't brilliant. really want to do that. I like, how, I like how Ralph is starting to talk about health and wellness as Bobby's lighting up a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself how Ralph had ballooned to 296 and how I would, I would murder my mother in Herald Square if I weighed 296 right now. Well, you know, it's funny. I was the same weight my entire life. I was always about 240. And then um, when my dad got sick, I got depressed and I got to almost 300 pounds. 296 Oof. is the most I ever weighed. Oh, my God. Yeah, which is just ah. for me was it was, you know, everybody's weight is relative to their own life struggles and whatnot. Ah. But uh, I, Sean, I saw you light up a cigarette as well, right? Not me. Yeah, why not? Because you know, sure. why not? With forty-four and you know hypertension and being one hundred fifty. Hey, you can't see it right again. right out of frame here. I got my I'm new Peloton bike. Years old. The first time I started smoking, I was ten years old. Wow. 
Yeah, yeah still how much do you smoke? You smoke in South Philadelphia, you got the crap beat out of you. How much do you smoke now, Bobby? Uh, pack, pack and a half a day. Jesus. Oh, wait a second. I do. Bobby, you're, you're smoking a cigarette. I'm sorry. Yeah, but, in two, but in 2012, you went, you, didn't you undergo a double organ transplant? Yes, I did. Yeah. I, uh, a new liver and a new kidney. I, and, I was going to say, I was going to say well, they're probably lungs. That's why you're smoking and, a pack and, and a half and a fresh new pair. You know what? I go to my pulmonologist. Uh, uh, we go uh, every six months and, you know, you, you blow in the tube and it goes up to like 90, 95. And uh, I take uh, uh, PET scans on my lungs and they're clear as a bell. And the doctor says, we got to write a book about you, you know. I mean, you 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 defy everything, you know, on this earth. You know, you you blow your lungs are clear as a bell, and yet I said, I don't know, Doc. I said, you know, I feel great. You know, do you really eat well? Feel- do you eat clean, or do you eat whatever you want? I'm to sorry, eat? Ralph. When it comes to your diet, your food, do you eat well, or you do eat whatever you want to eat? Uh, whatever I want to eat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think so. I think you're just you're just made from better stock. That's what it is. I, I would stock. imagine so. I, I guess so, Ralph. I, <laughs> I have a, a small container of yogurt, and I'll be shitting my bed for like a week. I just a week. Oh I'm my a, god! Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, oh my god! We call it in Italian "falaga god." <laughs> you know what's interesting about Bobby is like six months after uh, double organ right. transplant yes. surgery, he's back I, on stage. Uh, performing. Six months later, I was I was in Vegas. Yeah. Wow. I had that's an Antonio one time. I didn't step foot on stage for like three and a half weeks. Yeah, that's me. Because yeah, you don't come from good stock. That's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, there was a very dear friend of mine, uh, and uh, his name is Lucy O.C. We grew up together. We were next door neighbors, and I'm a month older than him. He's a fine trumpet player and a barber. His, his, his trade is a barber, but he loves to play trumpet, and he's a good jazz jazz trumpet player and after i had my surgery uh he had an 18th band at a place called the clef club in philadelphia which was a jazz club and i'm a jazzer i but i've been a jazzer uh i guess most of my life and i said to lou i said hey lou i said could you put the band together i'll fly my drummer in from chicago i would like to see if i can do my show and louis said no problem bob we got 18 pieces four trumpets four trombones five saxophones piano bass drums rhythm guitar percussion the whole nine yards and i went out there and i did my show and i i i I was blown away with myself tell you the truth you know because i hadn't sung since you know since the surgery which was uh 2012. wow and about Oh, maybe two months, three months after the surgery, I had three of my dear friends, Alan Slutsky, who was uh, uh, coordinated with me on my book, Bobby Rydell, Teen Idol on the Rocks, Tale of Second Chances, a bass player by the name of Craig Thomas, and a guy who used to play drums for me, Joe Nero. And they came over the house, uh, and I said, you know, guys, I... I, I would just like to, you know, 
try and sing some songs. And we, you know, and none of my records, nothing like Volati or a wild one or swing in school or, you know, so on and so forth. You know, we did songs like shadow of your smile. I've got you under my skin. And it was tough, you know, and I'm singing like, I've got you under my skin. I've got you. And I turned to Craig Thomas, who was the bass player, and he's a marvelous bass player. Uh, I said, I said, come on, Craig, man. Tell me the truth. What do I sound like? And he went like this. I don't know, man. Sounds like Bobby Rydell to me, man. <laughs> you know, by the way, you said before that I gave you an idea to record um, your live show. And you mentioned here that there's a guy that is a uh, horn player and also cuts hair. So I'm going to give him an idea to combine the two and open up a place called The Cut and Blow. And I think it would do well. <laughs> Sounds cool. I like that, Ralph. The Cut and Blow. <laughs> Please feel free to steal all my ideas. Yeah, that's my, my, my friend Louie, you know, when I call him up, you know, on the phone, if he doesn't answer the phone, because he is a jazzer, you know, and he says, hi, this is Lucy O.C. I'm sorry we didn't get the, you know, and remember, man, just keep on swinging. Yeah, that's his, that's his. I have to say, I've never heard the term jazzer before. I don't know. I guess that means you're into jazz music. Is that what that absolutely. is? Absolutely. Are you, are you yeah. into brazzers as well? <laughs> I'm into brazzers more than jazzers. Okay. <laughs> Bobby, 100% living in Philadelphia your entire life, never lived any other where, anywhere else? I now live up, uh, you know, out in the suburbs. Yeah, I'm okay. still in, you know, Pennsylvania from uh, originally born in South Philadelphia. We moved to the suburbs, a place called Penn Valley, mm -hmm. and now I'm in an area called Blueville, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, and, uh, by Lancaster. You know, how, many, how many shows are you doing a year at this point in your life? Uh, at this point, we're not doing anything. But I mean, pretending that the world was normal, let's oh, say last year. the world year. was normal. I would say I'm on the road about eight months out of the year. Wow. You know, a lot of the shows with uh, Frank and Fabe, and of course, you know, shows, uh, of, you know, just doing my single show. You when know? you're doing yeah. the shows with Frank and Fabe, do you guys duke it out over who headlines? You mix it up? Like, how does nah, it work? Nah, nah, <laughs> nah. You rock, paper, we, scissors you know, it? I'm sorry? Do you rock, paper, scissors it and figure it out right nah, before stage? No, nah, no, nah, come on. Rock, paper, scissors, my God, you know. We <laughs> that was Bobby's that. We that never was Bobby that. Fuck we you never on that line. We never did that in South Philadelphia, rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Bobby, <laughs> this year, in 2020, you got a, um, a star on the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame? Uh, from what I believe, Jeff, a dear friend of mine who's a singer and he has a big band, his name is... Uh, uh, Dave Damiani, and he called me, he says, Bobby, we're going to get a group of people together and we're going to get you a star on, the, you know, wherever, Hollywood Boulevard, you know, the Walk of Fame. I said, hey, man, I said, that sounds great, you know. Now, it was supposed to happen, I believe, uh, like this past July. Well, why, didn't of course, happen, why didn't it happen I, years ago? Why is it happening now? Oh, yeah, no, who knows? I don't know. Jeff. All of a sudden, I, in 2020, they decide to give Bobby... My God, I don't know. Yeah. So because of what's going on now, I, I, I think it will probably happen when... I don't know. You are one of the most famous people from uh, Philadelphia. I personally am the third most famous person from Bayonne, New Jersey. And uh, <laughs> Jeff is the 4,263rd most famous person from Staten Island. Uh, that is a great accomplishment. Well, Staten really Island. Is. 
Oh, don't ever say that, Bobby. Please. I'll, oh, I'll, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll cut your zoom off so fast. Excuse me. Excuse me, Sean. I'm sorry. Hey, y'all. You gotta really hope. Island. You know what you gotta hope though when you get that star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame that it's in front of a good spot, like in front of the Chinese Theater or somewhere where it's oh, a yeah, tourist sure. trap instead yeah, of where it's yeah. like you know in front of one of yeah. the ghetto crack houses. Or maybe a Wawa, you know, or a Seven Eleven, you know, with that. Yeah, help. it's still an it's a very <laughs> a very big accomplishment though. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Bob. Besides um, Michael Bublé, you listen to any of today's music? Anyone who you listen to? Not at all. No, Jeff. Not at all. When I'm in my Jeff, when I'm in my car, I put fifties on five, sixties on six, WIP Sports Talk Radio, and seriously Sinatra. That's what um, I listen to. Sean, I have to disagree with you because it apparently um, Ed McMahon, George R. R. Martin, and Frank Langella are all from Bayonne, New Jersey. So you are the fourth most popular. Person. Actually, I'm the fifth. Chuck Wepner, the inspiration from Rocky. I, I thought Ed McMahon was from Philadelphia. No, I just Googled Bayonne, New Jersey. Yeah, most famous Bayonne. Is he really? Yeah. Yes, he is, unfortunately. He used, to have, he used to have a show in Philadelphia called Five Minutes More. Ed McMahon went on five minutes to 12 at midnight. And the theme song was Give Me Five Minutes More, Only Five. And I did the show with a guy that I did an impersonation of. His name was Frank Fontaine. Oh, and you guys would probably remember him on the Gleason show as That's crazy Google. Ralph, you're thinking the guy Fontaine from uh, Greece. No, probably who I'm thinking of. No, yeah. no, no, yeah. no. Uh, he was comedian, and if you remember, on the Gleason show, he was crazy Guggenheim, where Jackie Gleason would call him out and say, Hey, Chris, come on out here. And he would do a bit, you know, Hi, hi, Joe, hi. You know, you, you, you. And he had a great tenor voice. He had a marvelous tenor voice. But when I was ten, when sure, I was did ten you ever years see this old, guy, crazy I did the show with Ed McMahon. That's and wild. Frank Fontaine was on, and he did. At that time, the character was called John L. C. Savoni. When he was on the Gleason show, he became Crazy Guggenheim. Hmm. But the original character was John L. C. Savoni. Hated him. And I was ten years old at the time. Uh, oh, I actually. Uh, Bobby, you you enjoyed him. You enjoyed Crazy oh, Guggenheim. Absolutely, I adored Frank Fontaine. Oh God! Yeah. Oh my God! You remember oh, him? God. He was Jeff? there. Was I? I remember seeing repeats, and I yeah. Oh, I, he was a guy I, I couldn't stand. I found him so so the opposite. I know of funny exactly what you're talking about. Are you about. kidding? Really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I knew it. That's what we that's what we call a lob pick yeah. like this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm still striving to become the most famous person from Bayonne that's living. I got the uh, honor of producing and performing on the roast of Chuck Wepner, who was the uh, oh, inspiration Chuck from Webner. Rocky. I saw his documentary. Was it called like Chuck or something? Was that yes. what it was called? Uh, I saw yeah, that. Leave Schreiber played him. I was lucky enough to have Leave at the roast. Poor Chuck, he took more shots than any price fighter ever in oh, my life. His thing was, he, he bled better than any, any other boxer. He was the Bayonne bleeder. Yeah, oh, the Bayonne bleeder. That's and I actually, exactly uh, right. Exactly I, I asked right, him yeah. very politely if he wouldn't mind uh, dying in his sleep after the roast of <laughs> become the most famous person. But uh, he's still kicking, unfortunately. So, hmm. uh, But listen, this was... Isn't he? He's still alive. Yeah, he's 80, yeah, 81 yeah. years old. He's God a big bless, guy and God he bless him. easily kicked my ass. So I hope he's. Oh my God. Well, I, he yeah. doesn't have internet because every time I had to communicate with him, yeah. I think, uh, the Bayon, text well, like you said, Jeff, the Bayon bleeder. 
That's yep. what he was known. Yep. Him and Dwayne Bobbick with two two white boxers who bled better than any boxer <laughs> I've ever seen before. That was that claim to fame. I want to thank both of you for coming on yes. the show. This was a very interesting episode. Uh, Bobby, uh, where yes, can people sir. find you on social media? And uh, just go to bobbyrydell.com. Okay. You know, we, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to friend you on Facebook because I want to uh, hear more about these uh, googly eye stories. I also can't believe we've gone 10 minutes without a football stats update. I know. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, well, it's a game over. One. Eagles oh. beat the Saints. Oh, okay. Eagles beat the Saints. That's a big up. Uh, the, the Redskins won. Uh, they beat San Francisco, and the Giants lost. Everyone so, in the Giants division won today, except for the Giants. Uh, so, I mean, the NFC East, or what they call it, the NFC Least, yes, is such correct. a goofy division. They they all stink. Ralph, Ralph Sutton, uh, co-owner of, Kaz, of Gas Digital, uh, some amazing, amazing shows on there. Some of my favorite shows to watch on there. Uh, please buy his book, The 100% Guaranteed Guide to Weight Loss and Fitness. You can get that on Amazon. Uh, what else do you want to plug, Ralph? Uh, follow me everywhere at I am Ralph Sutton. Follow the SDR show everywhere at the SDR show. Uh, Gas Digital at Gas Digital. And then, of course, my other show that's about health and wellness is GoodSugar.life. And uh, that comes out every Monday. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. And Bobby, an honor to meet you, sir. Hey, Ralph, thank you. It's my pleasure. It was really a guess. You know? And I look forward to doing guess. that duet. I, I look Remember forward to doing that, that hey, duet man, with you. It was you a guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it was a guess, man. It really was. <laughs> thank you, guys. Jeffrey, always a pleasure. Same here. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, listen, John, we, thank we you, really appreciate buddy. your time. Thank you very much. No now, like problem. I said, everybody, to the show. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. It helps us out so much. Thank you, guys. Thank Sean, you, everybody. Sean, listening. do me a favor. Put a few more magnets on your fridge when you get a chance. Oh, I'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. I just read. I just saw that. Wow. Thanks, guys. Hey, as we say in Italian, buonanotte and a pigeon dan, which means live 100 years. Yes. Well, Jeff's Thanks, got guys. Left. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Peace. Thanks, guys.